Welcome to the Nourish Babes podcast. We're your hosts, Bella and Madison, your go-to besties for all things women's wellness. We're here to help you balance your hormones, heal your gut, learn how to eat, exercise, sleep, manage your stress, break free of diet culture, and get confident as fuck about your own health and healing. Let's dive into today's episode. Before we dive into the episode, are you subscribed yet? Nourish Babes podcast monthly paid subscribers receive access to two to three additional podcast episodes per month, which are longer, more in-depth, and more specific than our free episodes, exclusive discounts and offerings, and also the potential to be featured on one of our case study episodes, where you send in your health concerns and we spend a whole episode sharing our personalized diet, lifestyle, and supplement advice for you. So are you ready to subscribe? If you're listening on Spotify, click the link in the show notes or click the lock icon on Spotify paid episodes. If you're on Apple, click the link in the show notes. On Apple, these episodes are actually hidden from your feed. Once you're subscribed, you will gain immediate access to past and future subscriber episodes. So we hope to see you there. Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode and new season of the Nourish Babes podcast. In this episode, we're going to be chatting all about optimizing your light exposure, how light influences your health. We're going to debunk some of those fears about the sunshine. We're going to talk about the benefits and three easy ways to best optimize your light exposure throughout the whole day. But first, let's give a little life update. Uh, we always like to do this right before the first episode of the new season. So me and Maddie, me, Bella, and Maddie are currently in Playa del Carmen. It's about like 30 minutes outside of Cancun. Maddie has been here for over a month, which has been so fun. She'll definitely tell you about that. But I just flew in here yesterday and I'm just so excited to be here. You may or may not know, but we get together a few times a year and record eight or eight to nine episodes for the podcast for that season. And it's just so much fun whenever we get together and I love it. So we'll be recording all week and then on Friday, my sister and eight of my friends come in to Cancun and we're staying at an all-inclusive resort to celebrate my bachelorette party and I'm just so excited and honestly just feel so grateful that all of you guys are flying in and being here to celebrate with me. So I'm so excited and it should be a lot of fun. But while we're here, we're just going to hang by the pool, go to the beach, explore the town, record our podcast, and it's just going to be so fun. Other than that, I've just been doing a lot of wedding planning and going here and making appointments and buying stuff, and it's just been a lot, but it has also been really fun. And because this is like the year of the wedding, and I also say it's the year of gardening because I've been doing so much gardening, I've been slacking a little bit on my business, but that's totally normal and totally fine and I'm accepting it and once the wedding is over hopefully things will pick back up so yeah what about you Maddie how's it been it's been so good so if you can hear my voice is a little nasally I apologize I feel a little bit under the weather but yeah so excited to be here I love that we're recording in Mexico so fun we kind of like decided last minute like 
let's just extend this trip and record podcasts here because why not? So yeah, I've actually been in Tulum for the last month. It's been so chill, so nice. I've never traveled for longer than like a week. Wow. So it's been the longest that I've been like out away from my house and also in a different country. It obviously was a super big adjustment, but it's been so good. Tulum life is very slow and relaxing and calm. So I've just been like trying to chill out for the first time I feel like in my whole life Hmm. and I've been working a little bit but mostly just like swimming in the ocean a couple times per week going to cenotes doing lots of walks walking to the gym eating lots of good food hanging out with friends laying out in the sun oh my goodness just all the nourishing things so I will be leaving I'm going to the bachelorette party yes in a week or two and then going back to Tulum for a couple weeks and then going back to Utah, which I'm actually really excited about. The Mm. day that I left, it was so snowy and so cold and I've needed all the sunshine, but I'm excited to go back. And yeah, not much other than that. Just, just chilling, doing a little business stuff and so excited that we're doing another season here in Mexico. I love it. So fun. I miss Utah too. Yeah. It's a great place. Okay, so let's get into the episode now. So like we mentioned, this episode is all about optimizing your light exposure, specifically when it comes to like sun exposure and then artificial light exposure. So our, if you're around, you know that our modern society puts literally so much fear of the sun. Like the sun gives you skin cancer. The sun's going to increase your aging and give you sunspots and melasma. I've even heard that it lowers your immune system where maybe if it's super extended time it can, but overall definitely not. So we're literally told to avoid the sun at all costs, especially like in that middle of the day where the UV is super high. We're told to slather our bodies with carcinogenic sunscreen and wear sunglasses all day. And there's just like so much fear around the sun that we feel like, ooh, the sun is bad. When in reality, the sun is actually so healing and so essential for our health. Yeah, so the truth, as with so many things, the truth is somewhere in between, Mm -hmm. right? Humans, we have been outside for millions of years, right? So we we have meant to live outside in the sunshine of the majority of our lives. But our modern society promotes more time indoors, especially Mm -hmm. with the fact that all of our jobs are inside and we Mm -hmm. live inside and we go work out in Mm -hmm. inside. And also the outrageous amount of screen time we expose ourselves to is just nothing like we've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. And obviously our health is suffering because of it. So some of the downfalls of excessive artificial light exposure and lack of sunlight include weight gain, fatigue and energy issues, mood imbalances, gut imbalances, hormonal imbalances, especially low progesterone, sleep issues, sensitivity to the sun in your eyes and on your skin, just overall like feeling burnt out and wired but not tired, blood sugar issues, immune dysfunction, and so much more. So it's wild to me how disconnected we've become to sunlight. We work in boxes, essentially, (laughs) right? We work in our houses or in offices. We live in boxes. We drive to other boxes to do other <laughs> things like grocery shop and in work out in a box, right? So most people are not exposed to that much amount of light throughout the day. We also have, you know, we wake up early before the sun has come up and then we also stay up way later after mm-hmm. the sun has gone down. So we are just so, now more than ever, so disconnected to the, the light environment outside. 
And I think sunlight and just light in general is such an underrated health tool. I cannot agree more. So let's talk about the actual benefits of exposing your body specifically to sunlight. So obviously the most obvious one I feel like that everyone talks about is vitamin D. It definitely is beneficial. Vitamin D is actually a hormone, not a vitamin, but obviously that's one major benefit, but I feel like that's the only benefit most people talk about. And there's literally so many more benefits to the sun other than just vitamin D. So the sun helps to regulate our circadian rhythm, which is our sleep-wake cycle, which helps us feel more energized in the morning especially, and actually tired at night when we should be sleeping. The sun helps to increase progesterone production. Many women are struggling with this, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit more in a minute. It helps increase melatonin, and there are literally so many benefits of melatonin, including improving your sleep quality, obviously. Melatonin helps us detoxify better at night. It keeps your eyes functioning well. It protects your mitochondria, which is where we produce energy in our cells. So many things related to melatonin. It also helps promote uh, beneficial gut bacteria. It helps strengthen the gut lining of your digestive system. It helps to promote a diverse and robust microbiome. So much talk about microbiome lately, I feel like. Uh, it also helps to structure the water within our cells. So maybe you've heard of structured water or not, but structured water is what is our water within our body is supposed to be. It has a higher vibrational charge. It actually has an extra hydrogen ion. So it's H3O2, not H2O2. And it's just way more beneficial for the human body and increases hydration. So just by standing outside in the sun, you can actually structure the water within your body. Sunlight helps to strengthen our bones, boost our mood, reduce high blood pressure, uh, actually boosts your immune system in small adequate amounts, helps to increase energy, helps you sleep. Literally so many things that research is probably not even aware of. So we really need to stop this whole sun fear. The sun is literally one of the most underrated health modalities out there. We literally can receive this free medicine just by stepping outside of our front door. And I think we talk about this later, but even if it's cloudy, you'll definitely still receive benefits from the sun. Yeah, I think it's so important that you mentioned that because obviously I, I live in Utah normally mm -hmm. and I if you've been to Utah or know Utah, winters are very, mm -hmm. they're dark and the sun is very low in the sky um, and it's not sunny year round. I would say even like six-ish months are pretty cloudy and dreary and the sun is really low. So I think a lot of people in the health world, they're aware of the benefits of sunlight and they're like, oh, you have to go somewhere super sunny and tropical to like heal because the sun is beneficial. But mm -hmm. I don't think that you need to go someplace like that to get the benefits you can still live in a colder environment that still has sun exposure um yeah and really the reality is wherever you live you can still get the benefits of the sun even when it's cloudy right you may not be able to see the sun directly but the uv rays are still coming through the clouds so during the winter in utah i still try to get outside every single day i open my blinds or my windows to little let, let some natural light in or if i can i go for a walk outside still you're going to get the benefits of sunlight even when it is cloudy and another important note that i wanted to mention is that with if you live in a cold environment uh windows will block 
mm-hmm. a lot of the beneficial rays of the sun. So yes, you can open your blinds and that's still going to be beneficial, but really you want to expose your eyes and your skin to the direct sunlight. So even just like I'll open my door some mornings and just like stand out there for a mm-hmm. minute, even though it's really cold, mm-hmm. that can still be good. So just know that you want to minimize the barriers between your skin and your eyes and the sunlight. I always wonder that with uh, screens, like Mm. if the screen, if your window's open, but there's a screen there, if that's going to like disrupt the light, because I have screen on all my windows. I'm like, I wonder if I should take the screen off. I bet it would go through the screen. I've also heard that if you have 100% crystal windows, that the sunlight actually comes through, but they're like thousands of dollars and how many people actually have crystal windows. Exactly. Okay, so let's get into the three daily changes you can make to improve your light exposure in the morning, midday, and evening. So the first one is exposure eyes and body to early morning light. Second is practice safe sun exposure during the middle of the day. And the third one is reduce your blue light exposure, especially right before bed. So let's go through all three of them. The first one, expose your eyes and your body to natural light within two hours of that sunrise. So if you're one of those people that feels just so exhausted in the morning, you don't feel rested, and especially you are the type of person who especially needs to prioritize that early morning sun exposure, although I do think everyone should. Mm -hmm. So exposing your body, but especially your eyes, uh, that early in the morning is one of the best ways to help regulate your circadian rhythm. It'll make you feel more energized. It's like, hello, wake up, it's daytime, it's ready. It's time to like get your body going and your day started. So it helps to create hormones and increase blood flow, uh, clears that melatonin out of your body and gets your body moving. This also helps with the circadian rhythm, help you sleep better at night. So I know it sounds so simple, but it's seriously so easy and such has such a large impact. I wanted to talk a little bit about hormone balance and how the sun influences, especially progesterone, So many of us who struggle with hormonal balances like PMS, irregular cycles, painful periods, bloating, constipation, migraines, and whatnot, those women are likely progesterone deficient. And one of the best ways to increase your progesterone is to expose your eyes to that early morning natural light. So that early light, not necessarily in the middle of the day, but definitely in the early light, that helps your body produce pregnenolone, which is the precursor to progesterone. So again, it sounds so simple, but it makes such a huge impact. So your action step for this step is to aim to expose your eyes to natural light right when you wake up. Ideally within that two hours of sunrise, so that's gonna change for everyone the exact time, but again, this will greatly improve your circadian rhythm, help improve your hormone balance, sleep, digestion, and so much more. Uh, Ideally, we're out there for as long as we possibly can, but getting a minimum of 10 minutes is super important. One last note about this is you definitely want to expose your natural eyes to to the light. So if you wear sunglasses, glasses, or even contacts, you want to try to get those natural rays before putting your glasses on or before putting your contacts on. Yes. 
Oh my gosh, my voice. <laughs> I love it. Um, the thing that I wanted to mention with that is that it's going, like, this is going to change, right? The sun rises yes. at different times during the exactly. year. Exactly. Which I think for a lot of people, they're on this regimented, like, nine to five schedule. Yes. Which I totally get. It can be kind of hard because, yeah, the sun, the sun's going to rise at different times during the year, but it also is like, we are cyclical beings. Like, we're not meant to wake up every single day. Mm-hmm every day of the year at 7 a.m. Like I try to now plan my day around kind of when the sun is rising because Mm -hmm. in the winter, obviously I'm sleeping way more and I'm going to bed way earlier. Um, But I do get that if you have like a regimented schedule that can be challenging. But ideally, yes, like you said, around two hours within sunrise is ideal. So let's get into number two is, so number two is practicing safe sun exposure throughout the day and obviously avoid getting sunburned. So the middle of the day is when the UV is at its highest, right? So it can be the time when you're more likely to get sunburned, but this is actually the best time to receive and make vitamin D. Vitamin D should actually be called a hormone because it is a hormone. Um, instead of a vitamin, it has so many benefits like improving your immune system, improving mood disorders, improving your sleep, lo- helping lower stress, improving your bone and teeth health, protects against cancer, and so many m- more things. Um, and ideally, we're getting vitamin D from the sun and not supplementation. Mm-hmm. So, so many people love supplementing with vitamin D, which I think can be helpful in some cases, but the reality is we should be making it ourselves from the sun. So with that said, the middle of the day is also when we're most likely to get sunburned. So let's first talk about ways to avoid getting sunburned, and then we'll talk about um, how to do more safe sun exposure. Okay, so some of the ways to avoid getting sunburned. First one is early light exposure. So just what Bella talked about, getting early morning sunlight, exposing your eyes and your skin to early morning sun preps your body to essentially prepares your body to uh, handle the sun better. One of the second easiest ones is to lower seed oil consumption. So we talk about this in so many different podcasts. If you're unfamiliar, um, listen to some other episodes, especially episode two about nourishing nutrition foundations. But seed oils, when we say seed oils, we're talking about canola, corn, safflower, sunflower, uh, all those vegetable seed oils. Essentially, seed oils are going to be integrated into your cell membrane. So they stay in your skin, also throughout your body. So especially when you get out into the sun, it's essentially like exposing oil to heat and light, right? It damages the oil, it creates free radicals, which essentially age you. So people who consume higher amounts of seed oils are more likely to get sunburned. I noticed this myself over the past couple years. My skin does not get get sunburned as easily I do have like a fair complexion I can get pretty tan but once I started incorporating more animal fats I don't sunburn as easily so that is a big thing is lowering seed oil consumption so that you're less likely to get that damage and free radicals created in your skin so another big one that I practice a lot is gradually exposing your skin to more and more sunlight each day. So I actually start laying out in Utah in March. I wasn't able to this year because it was super sunny, but I will start laying out midday in March and lay out up until November. Mm-hmm. So 
the thing about this is, yes, a lot of people get sunburned because they're inside all the time. Mm-hmm. They're um, they're consuming vegetable oils. They don't have they don't they're not getting morning sunlight, and then they let they spend some time outside and get super sunburned. It's like yeah, no wonder you haven't been outside at mm-hmm. all. So with this, if you can start essentially laying out, do not have to lay out, but just like be outside mm-hmm. midday, starting in the earlier months of spring. Um, that way you're exposing your body to more sunlight. It has time to adjust. Your body's also really smart. That's why it gets darker is because it's creating uh, melanin in your, in your skin, which is going to protect you from sunburns. So if you can start gradually exposing your skin to more sun throughout the year rather than just going straight out in the sun midsummer without having sun exposure before then. So that is a super big one that has helped me the last couple years mitigate and avoid getting sunburned. So the next tip too is obviously if you are going to be out in the sun for long periods of time, you can use non-toxic sunscreen if you need. So the only active ingredient should be zinc oxide. So this is non-nano, so it's not going to be absorbed through your skin. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of super toxic things Mm -hmm. in sunscreen. Um, And also fun fact, getting sunburned doesn't actually cause cancer. A lot of sunscreens do because of the chemicals that they contain and this is like becoming normal knowledge we're not just like making this up you can Mm -hmm. look it up online like there are lots of different ingredients that are contributing to cancer that um that are in the sunscreen so you put carcinogen carcinogenic lotion on your body and then you expose to the sun and that carcinogen is going to oxidize even more and it just doesn't make sense exactly i also like to talk to I always say this, like I talk to older people about sunlight, like I talk to my mom about Mm. sun, um, and of course, like she never wore sunscreen, and Mm. my dad also never wore sunscreen, and it's just like, these things didn't exist, and so we had to do other things to protect our skin from the sun. Um, so if you need to use sunscreen, yes, like I have sunscreen, I use it sometimes, especially on my face and my ears, if Mm. I'm going to be outside for extended periods of time. There's a couple brands that I like. One is called Living Libations. They have a good like facial sunscreen that's made with zinc oxide and a bunch of really good oils. Uh, the Badger is a really common brand. All Good is another common brand. And Pipette is another good brand that has a zinc oxide-based sunscreen. So if you need to use sunscreen, use sunscreen. I also think it's interesting that sunscreen kind of disrupts the normal process. Mm-hmm. Like if you put on, you know, most normal people put on sunscreen, right? And it doesn't, you know, you're supposed to reapply and the sunscreen kind of eliminates this, that tingling sensation that you get when you're getting sunburned, right? Mm. So normally, right, you would, you would lay out without sunscreen. You, you can kind of feel when you're getting burnt and then you go inside or you cover up Mm -hmm. whereas sunscreen blocks that sensation. And so people Mm -hmm. typically spend longer periods of time outside when they're wearing sunscreen and they get sunburned because they haven't reapplied and they also don't feel like they're getting burned because the sunscreen is essentially interesting disrupting that normal cue. So I think that's interesting too. So sunscreen if you need. Obviously another one that is so underrated is physical barriers. So things like clothes and hats, um, again, so underrated, literally just cover up your body. It, it can literally be that simple. So I used to work outside doing a gardening job. I worked every single day from like seven to three, mm-hmm. midsummer. 
Uh, in Utah, it gets like 100 degrees. The sun is very bright and hot. So I did this when I worked outside a lot. Essentially, I had a really light cotton button-up long sleeve that I would get wet and, you know, get some water on or just like wear once I started to feel like I was getting sunburned. Mm -hmm. So clothing can be very protective of your sun or of getting sunburned. So it sounds, again, super underrated, but it's just like put on some like linen long pants and a cotton long sleeve and a hat on. Like it can be that simple. Absolutely. We're here for my bachelorette this weekend and I know we're going to spend like eight plus hours outside all day. So I actually bought a long sleeve bathing suit just so I didn't have to like add sunscreen or reapply, you know, just having that physical barrier is just going to make it so much easier than having to deal with it or get sunburned. I'm definitely going to wear a really cute one one day and probably get sunburned, but again, it won't be so extreme. Yes. So simple. So that's another big one is using physical barriers. So using clothes um, that are going to protect your skin from the sun. Another big one is ditching the sunglasses, especially in the morning. Again, like your your exposure to light throughout the day affects how much you can get sunburned. So ditching the sunglasses and having sun exposure throughout the day is going to help you help you essentially not get as sunburned. Mm-hmm. So we should be exposing our eyes and skin as much as possible to the sun during this peak time, like mid-afternoon. So if you're not at all doing this right now, you can start super slow and that would be the best is just to start super slow. Aim for at least 20 minutes per day during solar noon, which is when the sun is at its peak in the sky. And this is going to help increase all those benefits we talked about in the beginning of this episode and also in regards to vitamin D. Absolutely. I love it. I love a midday afternoon break. Just like put on a tank top and some short shorts and go water my garden and just soak up the sun. Yes. So our final tip for optimizing your light exposure is blocking blue light after dark, especially those two hours right before sleeping. So interesting. Try to get that light two hours within waking, but also try to block the especially artificial light two hours before sleeping. So if you don't know what blue light is, it's basically any artificial light. So that can come from the light bulbs in your house and your ceiling, um, ceiling fans and your lamps, but also from your cell phone, from your TV, iPads, anything basically that contains a screen contains blue light. The sun actually also gives off blue light, but it gives off so many other beneficial things as well. It's not like just blue light. So I think that's interesting to know. Darkness signals to the body that it's basically time for rest. Like darkness can be a a stressor to our body. And so that is actually the time where it's like we need to lay down, sleep, and not be exposed to light. Um, But if we are exposing our eyes and our bodies to blue light after dark, this can increase stress hormones even more and definitely throw off your circadian rhythm. You're like, your body's like, what the heck? It's dark outside, but it's light here. Like, obviously it's still daytime or there's still something going on. So your circadian rhythm is not going to be normal. Another interesting note is in order to produce melatonin, which again, we talked about at the beginning of this episode has so many benefits, your body must be in darkness for at least two hours. So say you lay in bed at like nine o'clock 
and then you're scrolling on your phone or watching TV right before you fall asleep and then you turn off your phone and immediately go to sleep. Well, you're not actually gonna be producing melatonin until two hours within your sleep. So you're like basically taking away two hours of that really healing melatonin if you're exposing your eyes to that blue light right before. So ideally, again, it can be more difficult than we make it sound, but ideally blocking that blue light, especially within that two hours of falling asleep. So by the time you actually do go to sleep, you start producing that melatonin. Again, I don't think it's necessarily practical in our modern society to just like, as soon as it get dark outside, like you go to sleep, especially in the winter time. Like it can get dark at like 5.30, 6 o'clock in Utah. And so it's like, what, I'm just gonna go to sleep now? Like, no, yeah. that's not very practical. But you can definitely help to minimize your blue light exposure in so many ways. And this is especially helpful if you have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. Trying to mitigate your blue light exposure can really help. So some of our tips are no overhead lighting once it gets dark. So we have like a joke in our house that I'm like, why is the overhead lighting on? Like turn on the overhead lighting. Like you've known me for nine years. Why is this lighting on? Because I'm just so sensitive to it and I just can't handle it. So aim to just use like lamps in your house or softer lighting that's not so like bright and in your face. If you have dimmers in your house, that can be great too. It's interesting, Maddie brought this up to me before recording that, again, the overhead lighting kind of mimics the sun and like mimics that the sun is up in the sky midday. So it's very activating and promoting and like energy producing, whereas at nighttime we want to be winding down. And so I think that's why like lamps by our, like just in the middle of the house, like it's in the middle of a wall, it kind of more represents that the sun is falling and lower in the sky or fires even are like lower down on the ground, not right smack in the middle of the sky. So another tip is to actually use a red light bulb by your bedside. I personally have a red light bulb next to my bed. It's not one of those like fancy red light devices. We didn't even really mention that in this episode. Maybe we can do a whole podcast episode on that one day, but our favorite red light therapy device is actually just the sun. Like, I don't think people realize that the sun gives off red light. Um, but this tip is basically so that it's not disrupting that circadian rhythm. The red light gives off a different wavelength than that yellow or white light and so you can just find any old red led or incandescent light bulb from your home depot or lowe's or local hardware store whatever you have mine was super cheap it was just five dollars and i just switched out my yellow white light for my bedside uh, for a red light. I've even heard of a lot of breastfeeding moms. They use a red light by their bed because they have to wake up in the middle of the night and if they need to see or something. So super simple and easy tip and honestly it makes such a difference. Also if you're on your phone or watching TV it can be really helpful to invest in some red light glasses. Like I have to be honest, I like watching TV before I go to sleep. Like sometimes I even want or read a book, but it's like on my Kindle because it's easier to get access through the library and whatnot. So again, I don't think we need to like 
become these nomads and like completely eliminate ourselves from modern society. Like that's just not realistic and maybe you don't want to do that and that's totally fine. But red light glasses honestly make such a difference. I noticed when I don't wear them before going to sleep, it's a lot harder for me to fall asleep versus when I do wear them. It's almost like I'm so tired after 30 minutes, an hour that I like just want to go to sleep because it helps to wind down, wind down. Our favorite brand is RA Optics, but there's plenty of red light glasses out there. And the last thing we want to mention is there are definitely programs that you can install on your computer to help lower your blue light exposure. And even I think the iPhone has like a certain sunset setting or whatever that it makes it more orange, but you can also change it through your accessibility on your phone so that it's like straight up red. Your phone is red. It's not like a normal color. So you can look up all of those things on the internet. Pretty self-explanatory. Yes, I love all those tips. Some things that I do, again, in Utah, in the winter, it gets dark at like 4.30. Mm-hmm. And yes, like ideally I would go to bed at like yes. 6.30 or 7, you know, exactly. but that's not the reality. So what I do is I I have a dimmer on my light, so I'll just mm-hmm. do like overhead, super, super dim for a little bit. And then after a while, mm-hmm. I will use my Himalayan salt lamp for light Ooh, or I'll use one. candles. I also have a wood-burning stove, so that's really yes. nice sometimes. And again, those are all like very warm, red, calming lights, right? Like they mimic yes. fire. Yes. So that, um, and I do in the winter, I go to bed earlier. Like mm-hmm. I try to mimic the sun and in the summer I stay up later. So yes. I think to some extent, yeah, we are cyclical and we need to like adapt our lives to the light environment. But yes, we can like have the best of both worlds because I also want to look at my phone sometimes yeah. after the sun has gone down. So I'll wear my blue blockers or... Yeah, there's just like ways that you can go about it. I wanted to mention with the blue light blocking glasses is that they're they're all over the place, right? The clear mm-hmm. lenses, but mm. from what I know, especially yes. at night, you want the orange lenses because yes. that is actually blocking most of the the red light. Yes, there are even ones with red lenses. I think yes. um, my the fiance has the red ones and mine are orange, but I think the orange ones still definitely yes. work better. So you want it to be dark. Yes, I agree with that. Yes. Um, and the only other thing I wanted to mention too is that I think is also really cool is yes, like blue light is natural, right? Like there's yes. more blue light when you wake up in the morning and midday. Yes. So blue light is not all bad. It's bad because we are so excessively shown exposed. blue light, exposed to it. Yeah. Um, but it makes sense, right? Blue light is activating. The rays yes. of the blue light are very fast. Yes. And it's meant to energize us. So it yes. makes so much sense that blue light is activating and it's essentially telling us like it's daytime you need to stay up absolutely and i think with the blue light of the sun like that's good but there's also so many other benefits of the sun that we don't even know about that we're getting while we're getting that blue light as well was whereas when we're looking at our screen it's like strictly blue light no no mystery benefits at all so another interesting point and then just wanted to mention, um, yes, on your iPhone you can use night mode, but I've recently been using just, yeah, you can Google search like accessibility blue mm-hmm. light. There's a setting you go into like display and text and then accessibility and you can change like your screen mm-hmm. will literally look super red. Um, and then on my computer I've used Iris and Lux before, so you can do that too. Perfect. 
So to wrap up, the three ways to optimize your light exposure and circadian rhythm include one, expose your eyes and skin to light within two hours of sunrise. Number two, practice safe sun exposure by doing the things we talked about, lowering seed oils, gradual exposure to the sun, using physical barriers or sunscreen when needed, and aim for a minimum of 20 minutes outside at solar noon with as much skin as you can get exposed to. And the third is limit your blue light exposure as best as possible, especially after the sun has gone down. So I wanted to mention a couple other resources and just another note that I thought of, obviously skin tone matters, right? Mm-hmm. So again, like my skin tone is very light, but I also tan really well. My dad was like that. His skin mm-hmm. got really, really like dark and olivey in the sun, whereas if you have red hair and really white skin and you burn a lot easier like you might have to take uh, some of these tips a little bit slower so just wanted to note that too or if you have darker skin your your skin is going to be able to tolerate more sunlight than someone who has a fair complexion and then just some other resources that you can use in relation to light the first one that i love is called the dminder app Mm -hmm. essentially you put in your location um, your latitude the time of year and um, how much essentially it's tracking how much vitamin d you're creating Mm -hmm. so you can put like if you're doing a a tanning session or whatever you're going outside to lay out for a little bit um you can put the amount of skin that you have exposed Mm -hmm. your current vitamin d status i mean it's not super Mm -hmm. super accurate but it will give you an idea of how much vitamin d you're creating so for example utah midsummer i can lay out for 10 minutes and get like 10,000 ius mm-hmm. of vitamin d which is crazy yeah. right like you can create so much vitamin d and it just like goes to show so that's super fun i like using that another one is a book called light the medicine of the future haven't read it it's on my list my long list of books to read mm-hmm. but i've heard that's a really good book in relation to light and health obviously weston a price we mentioned weston a price a lot but just talks about i mean There's so much in relation to um, nutrition and health and wellness. So like Weston A. Price has good resources too on light exposure, all the things. Um, Raw optics for sunglasses, or not sunglasses, for blue light blocking glasses. You can use my code GUTGODDESS for those and get a discount. And then also if you are wanting to uh, get like some red light bulbs or more specific Mm -hmm. fancy light bulbs, Bone Charge. I don't have a code with them. I haven't really used them before, but I know they have certain specific light bulbs and also blue light blocking glasses. Oh, I love it so much. The sun is and light is so underrated. So and healing. I remember last episode, we asked each other, what's the most underrated and overrated health trend? And honestly, just being outside in the sun, it's so underrated. I feel like it's becoming more and more popular, but... Yes. It's just so healing and I just feel so like grounded and just at peace when I spend more time in the sun. Same, same, same. I love it so much. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and that you learned something new. If you have any questions at all, please don't hesitate to contact us. Maddie, where can people find you? Yes, I'm on Instagram, the gut goddess or thegutgoddess.com. You can send me a DM, send me an email to work with me and what about you Bella 
Uh, you can DM, DM me. I can't even speak. DM me on Instagram. My handle is Nurse with Bella, or you can send me an email at Bella at NurseWithBella.com. So thank you again so much for listening. We're so happy to be back for season four of the Nurse Babes podcast, and we'll see you next week.